Hello. That's a bad hello. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Young Project Podcast. This is episode five of the Young Project Podcast with your hosts, Tommy Tamalea and myself, Nick Rude. Hey, today uh, we're gonna we have a little special episode uh, coming out for you guys. Has to do with the holiday of the week, that being Thanksgiving. Yay, Thanksgiving! But uh, is that your favorite holiday, Tommy? Is it is Thanksgiving your favorite holiday? No, I don't think so. Um, it's too much gluttony for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love Christmas, um, not because of presents, but because that's the only one like where my family gets together. So it's kind of fun. That's cool. Hey, so uh, you don't sound okay. What's up? Um, well, I lost my voice because I got sick, and I haven't been able to get it back yet. Cool. Yeah. So are you afraid of are you afraid of everybody hearing you in this vulnerable state? Well, okay. I didn't want to record this podcast, but you really made me. So here we are, and I'm sorry. Nick will do a lot of the talking. Um, I'll just chime in every now and then. No, no, no. We will talk equally. Okay, well, we'll give it a whirl. <laughs> hey, I can sound like Tommy too. That that we could we could do just a sick. This could be the sick pocket. We sound like this. All right, we're spending, my voice isn't doing so. Well. We're spending too too long on this. Let's let's move on. Thank you. <laughs> hey, and so about our last week at some point, Tommy told me Nick, you need to take this enneagram test, and I've heard a lot about it, like on. On the gram, I've seen you know people describing different things using this Instagram and all this other kind of stuff. But I was kind of a Myers Briggs guy. I uh, I really liked I liked those I N F P J E N F J. What are the middle ones? All the everybody I know is an N F in the middle. But whatever. This new Instagram thing. So Tommy, can you tell us a little bit about it? Um, what what it what it does how it how it operates why you think it's so cool why you made me take it yeah no problem I I'm not an expert on the enneagram <laughs> um, by by any means um, there are people who have read scores and scores of books and and know a lot more about the subject than I do however uh, I do think that the enneagram provides a lot of uh, knowledge into your personality and stuff like that so the way it works is it's on a spectrum one through nine. And when you take the test, they give you a number based off of your answers. It's kind of who you are as a person. But the difference that this provides is, let's say if you're a three, it gives you who you are in your best days and who you are in your worst days. So it gives you like a broad range of this is how you interact on your good days. This is how you interact on your bad days. These are your tendencies. Um, This is your goal in life. And then it also gives you a wing, which is the numbers next to you. So if you're a three, your wing is a two or a four. And it'll give you either your wing two or your wing four. And those also apply to you based off of your numbers because it's a spectrum. Um, Of course, since it's a spectrum, not everything's 100%. But it does provide a lot of uh, insight. So that's kind of what the Enneagram is. Yeah, it's cool. It's like another... Another take on personalities completely different than what a lot of the mainstream personality type tests had uh, had given. When do you know when it came out? I'm just curious. Um, no, I don't, but I'm sure Google can fix that. Because yeah, Google fixes all. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, no, it just provides a little bit of insight um, to who you are on your best days and worst days. And that's kind of what's unique about it is that it gives a little bit more information than it would have otherwise. Yeah, it's not like this is who you are. It's like this is a spectrum of who you will be dependent on uh, how you're doing at a given yeah. given moment. And it provides yeah, I think what that's you can cool. work on. And, and then they also have a thing of, well, this is why you might clash with a nine or this is why you might clash with a one because this is who they can tend to be and this is what you kind of like clash with. And so it, it just provides a broad aspect of, um, of, of knowledge to just maybe know yourself a little bit more. Hmm. Yeah. So what, what is your, what's your type? I'm a, You're I'm three, a type right? Three. What's that? What's that look like? What's the, what's the description of that? What are you, what are you on your best and worst days? Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, so, okay. Threes are very success driven. Um, and that's kind of like what, what we chase after as threes is success. And that like, we want to be the best. We want to, um, create something huge and, and, and beautiful and wonderful. I mean, of course, I'm a three, so I think it's all beautiful and wonderful. Um, but successes, <laughs> successes are our, our main goal. That's what we chase after. And um, so on my best days, I am very successful, and that's, that's what I chase after. However, a tendency that threes can tend to have is we tend not to take care of people because we're so success driven we can often overlook people and, and step on mm. people so think of a lot of ceos who just step on people along their way that that would be kind of my personality type. sure huh when did you like when did you kind of first take this test and how did it uh, did you did you, the stuff you learned kind of apply to your understanding of yourself like pretty quickly and how you like interacted with those around you or was it more like a kind of a gradual integration into the way you thought about yourself. I always knew just because I, I try to be self-aware, but I always knew that I, w- I am very success driven. Like there are countless nights. I think if I thought back to the past seven days, there have been three nights where I just like went to bed and I just couldn't sleep because I was just thinking of like, man, I just want to create something so amazing in the world and I want to be really successful in it. Like that is always playing in my head. So success, um, is always something that I'm thinking about is I really want to create something that will be remembered forever. Even if I'm forgotten, I'll be a part of something way bigger than myself. Those are thoughts that are always on my mind. And the Enneagram didn't give me new information in that way. It just told me like, oh yeah, this is really who I am. And this is, this is why I clash with other people. Um, yeah. Sure. So it kind of clarified that for you. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. What are the what are the numbers that you like clash with? How do you know what you what you clash with? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, well, I'm also a wing two, which is really really helpful because wing twos care about people um, most most of all. Um, they're they're very caring and they, they want to hear people and, and they want to hear people out. And so my wing is a two, which kind of covers some of the downfalls that a three can tend to be, um, which is, which is pretty helpful. Um, 
<clears throat> yeah, Blessings be upon you. That's gross. <clears throat> <laughs> um, so a lot of people will mistake me for a seven, though. That is that's pretty common. Um, okay. To to be mistaken for a seven. Um, what is this? What's a seven? Like, what is there? So sevens um, tend to be like the person having the most fun in the room. You know, they're the the maybe attention seekers. Um, they're always distracting people. You know, they're they're just they're a lot, like a lot of fun. Life of the party. Ex- extroverted and yeah, bubbly. They're just they're like yeah. the, a name people give them as the enthusiast or something like that. Just there's there's like a lot about them. Um, so I, I get mistaken for a seven a lot of times, but I'm not a seven. Hmm. No, you're not a seven. I'm not. Yeah. So when I took. <laughs> Congrats. Okay. All right. What are you, bud? <laughs> I took the. I'm a. I'm a five, oh, which you know, that's not a number I like a lot. I like the number eight out of you know one to nine, but that's okay. No, you're very much. A um, five. I the. Yeah, because like fives are, I'm kind of, I'm having to pretty much read right off the internet because I only was introduced to this a week ago. But they're like these independent, innovative, inventive um, people, but they can also become like really preoccupied with their thoughts and like these imaginary like worlds or ideas that they kind of create that just sit there. Um, and, and they like to compartmentalize a lot of things like this innovation and this need to, to invent kind of culminates in trying to create some sort of system to, to understand the world, which is, that's totally me. I'm always trying to systematize things. Um, like I'm thinking like back to like when I'm preaching, like every sermon series like has to build off of the past sermon series. Um, because I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to head in a certain direction. I'm trying to build like a, an understanding of the Bible, for instance, like in a, you know, in a teaching series or whatever, uh, around something and trying to like move in, in some certain direction. So like everything has to build on, on something else or they have to be compartmentalized and systematized in certain ways. And that's, yeah, that's what makes me tick. I love, I love all that kind of stuff. Um, so it was kind of neat reading about like myself and this number five. So fives, they tend to be emotional, but they don't really show their emotions on their sleeve very well. <clears throat> have you found that to be true? I don't know. I I cry a lot, so I feel like that's pretty. That's an I emotional thing. Like you were at my wedding. What did I do the oh, whole time? Oh goodness, you're marrying your wife. You should cry. I bawled the whole time. If you didn't cry, that'd be a bad sign. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Joe didn't cry, so yeah, well, ouch. We cried it from the beginning. But that's because she's that's because she's a nine, right? Oh, she's a nine. <laughs> no, it's oh, okay. Yeah. What does that mean? Are we gonna? Are we going to last? Are we going to make it? She's a peacemaker. So she, you know, they're trying to make everything, you know, cohesive. Everything has to be all right. Yeah, she's very like giving and sacrificial, which is strange because that like frustrates me sometimes in my independent state, right? Because I'm a very independent, that's what it says, type five, extremely independent. And so I'm like, you got to, you know, be more independent, Joe. Stop caring for everyone so much stop being like jesus so I mean, much they, you know no, that's no, terrible I, to I, say yeah but they're so giving rarely check themselves you know like care for themselves they care about everybody before they care about themselves um that's that's pretty common in a nine 
Yeah. What is interesting because I think my mom might woman, be like that your, too. Um, your your wife's. Uh. Yeah, I think she's one. That's what she told me. I don't remember. Yeah, she took it the same day I did. That's yeah. It's just it's it's interesting. What are the so like what are some what does it look like what do you look like as a five on your worst days? Because that gives us like best and worst day scenarios. Because my worst days are you a nine, sorry, or a one, three. I got all these numbers confused. Why couldn't they do letters? No, I don't know. Are easier. Because <laughs> like for me, a super unhealthy day. It says this: seeking oblivion. They may commit suicide or have a psychiatric break with reality. Deranged explosively self-destructive with schizophrenic overtones generally corresponds to the schizoid avoidant and schizopal personality disorders. So like that's, if, if I can't pronounce the words, that's probably pretty bad. Um, yeah. Well, why don't you look up what mine are? I tend not to look at who I could be. Oh, you don't want to know who no, you are on your I, worst day? I, I try to dream of myself of who I am in my best days. <laughs> See, and that's good. I'm not going to be mad at you for that. Because, yeah, for me on my best days, while it's loading what yours is, like my best day is like at their best, these are visionaries broadly comprehending the world while penetrating it profoundly, open-minded, take things in whole in their true context, like pioneering discoveries and find entirely new way of doing things that were perceived to only have been able to, you know, happen I mean, one way or the other. I have so like spent countless um, tea and coffee days just talking about what we could build one day. So that, yeah, we, we, we get along pretty yeah. well. <laughs> we love visioning. <laughs> okay. So here's you at your worst. Um, become vindictive, attempting to ruin others' happiness, <laughs> relentless, obsessive about destroying whatever remains, reminds them of their own shortcomings I mean, and that's failures. True. Oh, that's pretty funny. Obsessive about what dis- what is destroying whatever reminds them of their own shortcomings or failures. Psychopathic behavior generally corresponds to the narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. Wow. Thank the Lord I'm a wing two, so I'm not a narcissist. Um, so we can cross that one off. That's something a narcissist I can't would say. Help that a humble person would also say the same thing. So, <laughs> I, am, I am the most. And I don't think a humble I person am would the say most that. Humble person to ever exist. <laughs> no one has been more humble than I. All right. But okay. no, no, yeah, no. It's stepping on Praise people. Yeah. Narcissism. Um, all of those things easily could be me if I would, you know, I because I'm a you know Jesus follower. Everything kind of falls back on Jesus. If I wasn't committed to Jesus, those are easily me um, in a heartbeat. Um, I, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Just step on people to get what I want. That, that could easily be who I am. But then like reading about what we could be at our best, like these, you know, highest level on the spectrum of like a type five or type three respectively, like I'm reading, reading mine, becoming visionaries, broadly comprehending the world while penetrating it profoundly. Like the only way I ever see myself becoming a great visionary of some kind or broadly, you know, comprehending the world and penetrating it. Um, at the same time, is if if Jesus is somehow at the focus of that of that of that comprehension, like I'm not going to un- understand the world uh, because the, the the way I understand the world currently is through the lens of of Jesus, of the lens of Christendom, and so 
like I don't I couldn't see myself doing it in some other way and yeah if I didn't have that to fall back on watch I'd be like seeking oblivion may commit suicide or have a psychiatric break with reality perhaps who knows who knows a three which I am um actually an intellectual three which I'm not the biggest intellect in the world but an intellectual three is often mistook for a five um yeah, yeah, yeah. So really? I'm not a huge intellect. I enjoy reading every now and yeah. then and, you know, having good conversations, but I'm not, you know. But easily someone in my position could easily be mistaken for someone like you. Huh. Yeah, I think I spend too much time in my head and not enough time, like, actually interacting with people around me. Because I feel like that's important. I've always said that since since I've known you at the beginning, like it has to be people over programming. And too often I spend a lot of time in my headspace thinking about, you know, the next the next Sabbath school or Sunday school or whatever that's coming up or the next, you know, sermon or teaching I have for the weekend. Um instead of instead of doing life with those around me. Like that's that's uh that's definitely a constant struggle I have is um with, with there's some tension there between wanting to do what's in my head or wanting to stay with what's in my head and trying to do life with those around me. Interesting you brought up that quote people over program because that's something you taught me and you were taught that and <coughs> excuse me. You were you yeah. Um and it's interesting that you brought that up because I often try to come back to that as always like people over program people over program and for me um, because I'm so success driven, I can fall into the concept of, oh, maybe I should put the program over people. But because I'm a wing two, I often think like, no, people are the most important thing, um, which has profoundly impacted the way I run um, ministry is I try to focus on my team. I try to focus on those within my sphere of influence and try to pour into those people before I pour into anything else. Um which has really impacted the way I do my preaching, which has impacted the way the way I kind of do everything. So that I mean that, hmm. that's one of my favorite quotes. That's that cool. You were taught that you taught me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh Michael Scott quoting Wayne Gretzky, right? Yeah. Who is this? Michael Scott you speak of. I don't watch that show. Uh, okay, you know, I you know I'm the one that actually doesn't watch The Office. Uh every time I sit down and try and watch it with you or with somebody else, I just think it's pointless. I'm sorry to all the Office fans mm. out there. There are, you know, there are better sitcoms like Friends. I edit this part out. We don't want to lose followers. No, but basically we want to bring up this idea of the Enneagram for a couple purposes is we're walking into Thanksgiving. You might be doing some traveling right now. You might be listening at home, wherever you listen to this podcast. And you might be walking into a scenario where you're going to be eating this giant meal with your family and personalities often differ. And we wanted to give a chance. Maybe you could take the Enneagram, have your family take the Enneagram, whatever it is, but just kind of look into who you are as a person. And, and maybe that can give some insights to why you relate so differently to people at the table. 
Yeah, like I think there's there's such beauty in the difference that we all present, even in a family. Like I think to my own family, I have just a sister, a younger sister, and then my two parents, right? There's, there's only four of us, but we can be so different, even though we're all so similar, um, you know, having lived in the same context for so long. Uh, it's, it's just, it's just neat. And so like understanding those, those differences and like finding the beauty in them, uh, can be a, can be a great way. Just like, I think in understanding like the differences with all people, like can make our differences with all people more fulfilling, you know, people from different, uh, religious backgrounds or different political ideologies, different, you know, races and genders. Like it, it, there's so much beauty in all that diversity. And so learning about the diversity is I think super important to having a bit more of a fulfilled, uh, experience when it comes to relationships with with different people, but even but even yeah, with yeah, family members. I, you're right; it extends past just the idea of family, but also people in general, um, which is super helpful. Yeah. So, to all of our U.S. listeners, we just want to wish you guys. Definitely a happy Thanksgiving. And can I give you this little action step that you can take? Um, you know, take take the Enneagram. Take another kind of personality test, Myers-Briggs, something like that with family members or friends uh, while you're at home or while you're wherever you're at, at Denny's this holiday season. And, um, yeah, talk about what makes you tick, kind of giving them a better understanding of who you are and vice versa. Like, share a little bit about about um, some insights you've learned about yourself, maybe through some of these kinds of, kinds of tests. And know that there's uh, beauty in the variety that we all share. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And um, tune in next time we come out with an episode. We'll be talking about some good theology. So what, what did they say? Oh, what does Ira Glass say? Stay with us. <laughs> but yeah. Stay with us uh, well, for I another two weeks. Uh, yes. Thank you, folks. As always, you can find out more about The Young Project and all things The Young Project at theyoungproject.org. Stay with us. Hey, Tommy, I just want to commend you for, you know, recording this episode with your cold, with no, your strep throat, whatever it is. Throat. I just, something's funky right now. I lost my voice. Okay. Because, yeah, because your hero, Ira Glass, still, he, he'll, he'll record even when he's sick. Hey. So just wanted to, wanted to, wanted to affirm you on that. Ira Glass in my sermon. You heard it. So that was, yeah. Yeah, I did hear it. Mr. Prosperity Gospel. All right. Peace <laughs> out, kids. They're not going to call me Prosperity Gospel. Okay, I'm ending this recording. <laughs>